Welcome and thank you for joining us for another week of advice to the young preacher. I'm Pastor Lindsay Schreiber. I'm here with Bishop Dr. E.C. McKinley, mm-hmm. my dad. Yeah. And if you've been joining us for the last few weeks as we've gotten started, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. We're really excited for the feedback that we're getting so far. If you've been following us so far, you know that on this journey, he's been asking questions and I've kind of been giving insight and And then he comes in with a little bit more information. This week will be a little bit different because we're covering a topic that I readily admit I don't know enough about. And I asked if we could cover this topic because he is somewhat of a historian, um, both on world events and also uh, when it comes to the events of the Bible. He's also a student of prophecy. So I think he's got a lot of insight to give us into what's going on in the world right now. Today is October 18th, 2023 is the day of this recording. Um, Last week I was actually out of the country and while I was gone, the world changed. In a hurry. And when I got home, I found out that some things I'd heard some rumblings about before I went off the grid and didn't have any internet had turned into war. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about Israel, about what's going on there, why it matters, why it matters to the world, why it matters to us as Christians, and what it matters um, as we look to the future, as we see biblical prophecy unfolding. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is, um, why does Israel matter? Israel matters because the actual center of the world is located in Israel. When people talk about um, geographical maps, it combines the three continents in one place. And uh, it is the place where God chose to place his name. And you have to remember it that way as well. When he chose to uh, place his name there, it was because he had a man who followed him by faith by the name of Abraham. And God made a promise to Abraham that everywhere the sole of his foot stepped, he would possess. And so we know that the lineage from uh, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, uh, who became Israel, the 12 tribes, um, throughout the history, it has been just the center of everything. Now, while uh, Jesus was uh, walking on the earth in when he was incarnated, there were other parts of the world that things were going on. Uh, China, for example, or Asia, rather. Uh, In North America, there were natives in the land here that had societies. But because God chose to put his name there, that's, that's why. That's the most important thing. And all of Bible prophecy tells us that that is going to be the center of everything. So I hear a lot of people when we have floods and famines and, you know, pestilence and things like that uh, inside America, they say, well, uh, those are signs that the Lord's coming back. Well, God has placed his hand on the land of Israel, and it's there in the land of Israel that you have to keep at the center of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially in the last days, there's more than one thing going on. There's more than just that uh, war going on. But my, my basic, the very bottom of it, uh, my basics are that 
God chose to place his name there. And because of it, he's also one day going to come back and set up his king, kingdom right there. He's going to rule in the city of David. So that's my, that's my most simple answer that took about three minutes to say. So can you briefly give a history of the modern history of Israel? Yes. Um, and I, I, I actually, uh, in, in the 19, early 1900s, when uh, the First World War uh, had, had come and gone, and they were dividing up land, basically. And so uh, the, the England, the, the United Kingdom, possessed the land of Israel. And because of that, uh, you had Western culture, in a sense, come there kind of clashing with, um, you know, religion as well, not just the, um, the Jewish people, but the Arab nations as well. And so when they came and they created an agreement called the Balfour Agreement, mm -hmm. that Balfour Agreement began to section up the land, basically. But still, it was not possessed by Israel. Uh, Israel at that time was scattered to the four winds. But in the years that came after that, uh, you know, there was a great depression. And uh, when... Um, Adolf Hitler began to persecute the Jews. They all began trying to escape. And all but six million, you know, basically have gotten away all the lineages. When, when that war ended, when World War II ended with the defeat of Germany and Japan, the, um, the United Nations or the League of Nations was uh, established. And the League of Nations uh, did did something that fulfilled Bible crop prophecy, and it's in Isaiah 66, verse 8. Mm -hmm. And I think Isaiah 66, verse 8, is a great place to start when you think about what happened when Israel became a nation. They had gathered from the mm -hmm. four winds, and they had fought. They were fighting constantly for their the land that uh, God had promised them. Mm -hmm. And the scripture says this, Who has heard such a thing. Now, who's ever heard of this before, basically, mm -hmm. is what the scripture is saying. Who hath seen such things? More than one thing. And now listen to what it says. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? So that's the part you want to target in on. Mm -hmm. Shall a nation be born at once, or uh, shall a nation be born in one day? Mm -hmm. Well, when the United Nations uh, decided to take up the vote about a uh, nation state mm -hmm. for Israel to become a nation state, to become its own country, then the United Nations, it was, it was really a battle that went on among the leaders of the nations. But when the United States cast its vote to recognize Israel as the homeland for the Jews... A nation became a nation mm -hmm. in one day. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reference you can find anywhere. You look at the Greeks, you look at the Romans, you look at all the empires that rose up, mm -hmm. uh, the Persians, and, and, and just look out throughout world history. Mm -hmm. You will find that no other nation became a nation in one day. Mm 
but Israel did. And that was a fulfillment of this prophecy mm-hmm. in Isaiah 66. And um, I was reading in uh, this, this book that's in front of you. This is Charting the End Times by mm-hmm. Tim LaHaye. Uh, I was reading about that there are other references in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. in Isaiah, and Zephaniah that talk about there will be a gathering back together of God's chosen people before uh, tribulation begins. Right. That it has to happen. Yeah, and it will happen. And the Bible then says that this generation mm-hmm. will not pass away before the end comes. That's been, mm-hmm. today now, as of this recording, that's been 75 years. Yeah, almost. Um, well, I'll get to that part in a minute. But I just speak generalizations for this context. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it was, what, like the spring, I, I think... I think the the spring of what year would that be forty eight forty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you believe because I've read differing opinions that that scripture that says this generation won't pass away? That's in Matthew, right? That's in Matthew Um where Jesus is talking about all the 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 wars, the rumors of wars, and mm-hmm. all of that, and he's talking about the fig tree. Yeah, that's in verse thirty two of Matthew twenty. So, what do you what do you take that to mean? Well, I think it's interesting. If you'll notice in your Bible, in verse 32, there's a little symbol to, to the left that's usually in, a, in modern Bibles. Mm-hmm. It will have like the verse number 32. Mm-hmm. And then you see a little symbol mm-hmm. right next to the beginning of the word where now is at. Mm-hmm. Where it says, now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves you know that summer is nigh. Mm-hmm. So likewise, when you see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So that you know that you're in end time period. You know, we, we uh, measure ages by... Uh, different standards, the Iron Age, etc., and so uh, this is another age. This is the, this is wrapping up all of the prophecies that have been written about the return of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The fig tree represents Israel in this story, mm-hmm. and the fig tree it says when it puts forth its, uh, how's it say it? It's, uh, his branch is tender, puts, puts forth his leaves. You know that summer is not well. In the springtime, everything comes back to life after winter. And so he said, if you'll watch this, you know this cycle, that in the spring, the fig tree is going to put forth her mm-hmm. leaves. You know that summer's coming mm-hmm. because all of the vegetation is in full bloom. And so he he mentions a whole lot of things before that. Yeah. Uh, but that basically is where you're referring to. Mm-hmm. So when it says a generate that this generation will pass away, you believe that generation began in 1948? I do. I believe that. Now I believe the last days. People call the last days. Uh-huh. I believe it began when Jesus was born. Right. That was the last days. Mm-hmm. And so you'll often hear someone say, "Well, it's the last days, the last minutes, the mm-hmm. last seconds." Well, we we are in that age, and when you see prophetic things coming about, mm-hmm. you know to pay attention. And there's a lot of people today that they're, they're uh, and I'm going to answer your question, that they're stuck on, on this thought that, well, the Lord can't come because this didn't mm-hmm. happen and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I read where he's going to, for the sake of the elect, he'll cut things short. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, there's theories on everything, yeah. even on the second coming of Christ. There's some that that believe that uh, that he's coming before the, the millennial age mm-hmm. or a thousand years of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, some believe that midway through tribulation, uh, the church will be raptured out. And, and then at the end of that uh, other half of the seven years, that the Lord will come back and he'll plant his feet on the Mount of Olives mm-hmm. and in a split and uh, all the nations come to Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're doing this, those, those people who are uh, critics mm-hmm. of those that believe in the Bible prophecy, they don't understand that uh, not everything it makes sense at one time. Mm-hmm. Nothing in this last days made sense until... Uh, to a lot of people until uh, Israel became a bona fide nation Mm -hmm. represented in the United Nations. Mm -hmm. So you think uh, Generation Star 1948, do you Mm -hmm. believe that means, uh, I guess, what's your interpretation of the word generation? Well, there's there's different theories on that. Some say 70 years, and they Mm -hmm. base that on the scripture that says man's days will be Three score and uh, ten, mm-hmm. and so if well, we're that's, at seventy five years, so yeah, there goes that. Yeah, there goes that theory. Um, but how long does a generation last? I mean, if you go back to the Old Testament, you know that in 40, gen- 40 years, in some places, mm-hmm. you have a new generation born. Mm-hmm. So you have this this uh, this family begins. Mm-hmm. Forty years later, they're having their children, mm-hmm. children, on mm-hmm. and so forth. And then some use the the uh, the period of eighty years mm-hmm. to believe that that's an entire generation. Mm-hmm. I believe you find more support for the eighty years than you would think. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, Jesus is, is speaking all this in Matthew, mm-hmm. right? Right. And he's giving all these signs. He's he's saying this and this and this will have to happen. Mm-hmm. But he also says that he doesn't know the date that the, of his return, right? that he's going to know that, that the Father's going to tell him it's time to go. Yeah, that's the way we sing our songs. <laughs> and, and that's, yeah. a, you know, son, go get your children and yeah. all that. But here's how I look at that. The Father, the Son, and the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost are one. Yeah. When Jesus was in his incarnate life, mm-hmm. when he was walking on the earth, uh, robed in human flesh, so to speak, mm-hmm. he was that, you know, when you describe Jesus, he is very God mm-hmm. and he is very man. Mm-hmm. So he, he is the only begotten son of God. Mm-hmm. So he, when he was born, and as he walked throughout this the whole New Testament mm-hmm. that talks about him, um, he was walking as a man, yeah. a man born of a woman. You make people real mad if you get deep in that theology. Well, yeah. let me get a little farther in it and just kind of stir <laughs> him up because I, I I'm not afraid of I know that's I know that's a fight. I mean, I, I've seen those fights. Yeah. About the, did Jesus fully empty himself of deity to come to the earth? He only did what he saw his father do. Right. The argument for it is that he was able to do what he did because of of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, that's my that's my understanding yeah. that uh, you you look at it this way um, that Jesus told after his resurrection he told his his uh, followers to go and wait at Jerusalem until they be endued with power mm-hmm. from on high. And and we we know that that's Pentecost that uh, that took place in Acts two, and um, when they look at that they say, I look at it this way, 
Jesus in his did every single miracle mm -hmm. by the power of the Holy Ghost. Right. He did not do one miracle mm -hmm. as the Son of as as God. Right. But he did every miracle that he did, a man anointed with the power mm -hmm. of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's why these years later, we know we're not uh, born of a, an immaculate birth and all of that. Yeah. And so we understand that, um, that when that happens, uh, you know, and you start, you start looking at everything, that's why on the day of Pentecost, what the devil thought he'd killed Jesus, he turned around and loosed 120. Yeah. And so um, I, I believe that Jesus was, that was as the son of, uh, mm -hmm. of God, the son of man. Yeah. And so um, I know that that trips people up. Well, I think the thing is you have to remember people who get very upset about that when you say, no, he was fully man. Um, he became sin who knew no sin. Yeah. How would he have become sin if he were God? In that moment, right. that doesn't stand a reason when sin can't. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. That well, God became sin. It, you know, and sometimes in in people with intelligence, mm -hmm. you understand that the the, the proper answer is off, often the the very short. Yeah. Uh, the very short of it. The the verse, by the way, I was referencing. It is here. It's in Matthew twenty four and thirty six. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Yeah. So, so what you're saying when you you said that's what, how we sing it, right? What mm -hmm. you're saying is, while he was here on earth, is that what you're saying? He that while was he was very on earth, man. he wouldn't have known it then, right? But he would know it. Well, I was going to say, where is he now? The right. Bible says he's ascended to the Father. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for mm -hmm. us. So, yeah, that's what I believe. And, mm -hmm. and in fact, he had to become he had to become robed in flesh, so that he could have that uh, that emptying of himself. But also, there had to be a resurrection. Mm -hmm. And the reason for the resurrection, what and the rapture of the church, is so that Jesus, he after he uh, resurrected. He was seen of by Mary, and then uh, you know a few of the uh, the, the leaders, the, the early disciples, and in one place up to five hundred people at once. Mm -hmm. And when you when you look at that, and you think about where uh, where Jesus was at, Lord, I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do was, that often. That's okay. Uh, not to cut, don't edit that out. I was asking because. The, the scripture said that Jesus himself didn't didn't know the date that it was going to happen. We were talking about people who yeah. try to they try to be yeah, and they're trying to be predictive about when when the rapture would be. Part of the issue too is people are very confused about what the return of the Lord is. Yeah, really, the return of the Lord is when He comes back and, and he actually, sets His feet on the yeah, Mount of Olives. Right. That that's really so. Part of the confusion you hear in the church and with these TikTok theologians and people who want to get on the internet and argue, yeah. um, part of the issue is that they're confused about what is the rapture of the church and what is the return of the mm -hmm. Lord to come back to reign mm -hmm. uh, with the church. And so that's part of the confusion. But I think what we're talking about is that there are people who prognosticate is a good word because that just means you're you're taking what you can see and and you're building up. And let me say this: is some very popular ministers, well, mm -hmm. very very well known. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are starting to retire now, but they wrote books on this. Mm -hmm. When there was a certain thing, I remember as a young man, they scared the fool out of me mm -hmm. because I I grew up with a uh, 
with a, an anticipation that the rapture would take at any minute, yeah. would happen at any minute. And then in 67, in, in the war, in the six-day war in 67, um, you know, this everything was lining up. Yeah. And I remember people saying then, writing books, that uh, this was the sign, that this mm -hmm. is the end, be prepared. Yeah. To the point that by 1988, they were, they were predicting a thousand reasons why mm -hmm. Jesus must come before the year is yeah. out. So, so people, that's, uh, that's the thing that's disturbed me often mm -hmm. uh, most recently. The, the most recent one I can think about was when there were the blood moons. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. And so they would write a best-selling book off the blood moons, and they, you know, they, they were seeing it as only they could see it. But listen, they're not divine. Right. They're men. Yeah. And they take and they put the odds of something on, on something happening. Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to insert a warning to those listen about this very thought. In World War II, you know, you had a trinity of evil. Mm -hmm. you, had, uh, you had Hitler, right, uh, in, over the uh, Third Reich, and you had uh, the Emperor of Japan, mm -hmm. and then you had um, a Mussolini. Mm -hmm. And the three of them were called the Antichrist. They were the three, one was the beast, one was the false prophet, mm -hmm. right? And so um, as they... They preached that in, they saw all this coming about in World War, at the end of World War II, and they saw the six million Jews. I was in Dachau uh, many years ago, Dachau, Germany, and I saw the place, the ovens where they were, mm -hmm. they were burned in. They, were, uh, they would bulldoze a ditch and shoot them. They'd line them up front to back and mm -hmm. see how many they could kill with one bullet. Mm -hmm. and, and so they would experiment on them. But people began to look at that and say, that, that's the Antichrist. He's persecuting the Jews, and, and he persecutes Christians, which all three basically did. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, 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 I have read about how that people turned their back on God forever because yeah. in that moment they thought, this is it, yeah. and they lied to me. Yeah. You know, there was, a, there was a program in the United States, uh, you know, during the Depression leading up to this because... Um, that in order to make sure that our citizenry of, citizenry of the United States was cared for, it was something called the NRA, the National Relief Act. And you would go to a store, and if they, would, they were willing to deal with the National Relief Act, there would be a symbol on their door, and it kind of looks like the, uh, the symbol that they use for uh, uh, the, uh, the president right after he's elected and before he's... Yeah installed yeah. and so you had buying and selling without the mark so uh, so you know the one thing you want to do is you want to look at the times mm -hmm. but you want to make sure yeah. that you don't cause somebody to lose their faith if right. something doesn't turn out just the way you're saying it well I can give you a hundred I can sell you something with a hundred percent accuracy mm -hmm. hundred percent accuracy every person who's listening to this is either going to be raptured yeah. or they're going to die. That's 100%, yeah. And I think we get hung up. I do think we should look around at the signs and we should recognize it. I always say it is easier now than any time in history to prove that the Word of God is true because right. there are so many things that the writers could not have understood. Right. There's things at the beginning of your life, if someone had written them down, wouldn't have made sense then. No. But they were written in the Bible. Um, 
you know, 2,000 years ago, there was no way those people without divine inspiration could have understood the concept that people would be dead in the streets and that everybody in the world could right. see that happening. There's no way they couldn't have understood that no. that concept at all except the Holy Spirit to tell them. So I do believe it, it, it's important to look around because it helps us have credence to the Word of God. Right. But I also think it's important to know I've stood by uh, caskets of 15 and 16 year olds. Right. And I have been to funerals of people who were fine. They they were at their house talking, having breakfast. They fell over and were dead before they hit the floor. And so we have to have that understanding of all of us will meet an end of our time here. Life is a vapor. Right. Um, and we know it's appointed on a man wants to die and then the judgment. We have to keep that at the forefront of our mind. And when we're having these conversations and we come, especially we come to points of disagreement or whatever, right. we always have to keep the right spirit and, and the right goal in mind, which is however people's life ends, mm -hmm. rapture or death, that they're ready right. when that time comes. Right. I would like to talk, um, I think all of this we're talking about is all related to Israel, right. um, but I want to come a little bit more through modern history. I was listening to Dr. Michael Brown uh, gave a sermon a couple weeks ago at Mercy Culture uh -huh. uh, Church I love to listen to in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and he was, Dr. Michael Brown is an expert on, on Israel. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about what's going on right now and he was referencing back the Yom Kippur War, uh -huh. which was October 6th, 1973. I remember that one too. So almost... It was almost 25 years to the day mm -hmm. of what's going on. Or not 25 years, no. It was, is that 50 years? Almost 70. 50 years. Almost 50 years to the day. Yeah. I'm counting. I'm giving the extra 25. Years, back. Yeah. Israel had been a state for 25 years when that happened, right? Right. And that was 50 years ago. Right. I think I'm right on my math yeah. there. So 1973, the Yom Kippur War, that was 50 years in one day right. before what's happening now. Right. And he was talking about um, it being a, a feast, and a, a, there was it was a Sabbath, and it was also a celebration. Um, he was talking about it was called the joy of the Torah, um, because it was the joy of the Torah is when they have finished reading the Torah mm -hmm. throughout the whole year, and there's a huge celebration. Right. Which I think that in itself, I was just fascinated by. I love. I would love to know more about that. Right. That they have a big celebration because they've read God's word right. all the way through. You know, they're they're version of God's they have some great celebrations and so it was a high point of celebration um, when the Yom Kippur War happens in 1973 it's this sneak attack he equated it like 9-11 was here in the states right. except much more devastating oh, um, because of how small the nation of Israel is yeah likewise what's happening there right now is shocking how many Jewish people have have already died uh, in this conflict is shocking Partially because Israel has been so known as it's it's a fortress. Right. They've been very. I, I've heard some theories that I'm not. I don't know enough to get into them. Um, but some theories of how could this have even happened because they've been so famed for their security. And there's one other thing to think about. Mm -hmm. In sixty-seven, seventy-three, mm -hmm. the combatants were military. Mm -hmm. Right. Even even the the Arab nations brought their militaries to bear. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about uh, Jordan and uh, uh, Egypt and uh, Lebanon from every direction coming at them in that six days. And they were targeting military uh, targets. But how did this one start? Mm -hmm.
This one's even a deeper level than than 73 Mm -hmm. because they started by murdering civilians, beheading children. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, this is much more brutal, Mm -hmm. which lines up more with the Matthew 24 view of things. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you have to remember that too. Yeah. And um, something Dr. Brown had talked about was um, it can be sort of confusing when you start seeing allies lining up. Yeah. He was talking about the Saudis at times will align with Israel, right. which doesn't make a lot of sense because it's it's an Islamic nation. But he was saying it's the difference between the Sunnis and the, and the Shiites. Shiites. Right. And that makes it more complicated. It's, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So right. the Sunnis may work with, with Israel for a while because they're trying to combat this other branch yeah. of, of the Muslim faith. Um, well, even in this, the, the Gaza Strip, mm-hmm. where this all started at mm-hmm. this time, the Gaza Strip, you have Hamas. In the north, you have Hezbollah. Mm-hmm. And they're both, they're Sunni and they're Shiite. Mm-hmm. So you see these who basically don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And they'll, that's why they'll change their loyalties on a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's another that's another thing to think about when it talks about the alignment of the last days. So let's, let's now Dr. Brown is from best known from the Pensacola revival. He taught a school there. So we're gonna drill this way down because okay. I ain't been in history class in a long time, mm-hmm. and some of our listeners may may not understand fully. Is what this is essentially coming down to is. It's a fight about who is the rightful owner of that land because both of these religions are tracing back to Abraham. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, there was Isaac mm-hmm. and there was Ishmael. Ishmael. Mm-hmm. One was the son, son of promise, mm-hmm. one was not. Mm-hmm. And so throughout, the, they're all Semitic people. You talk about being anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. They're both Semites. Semites. Mm-hmm. They're both from that region of the world. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is that uh, God chose to put his name on Israel Mm -hmm. and not on Ishmael. And so any way that you look at it, uh, from a biblical, uh, conservative biblical perspective, um, the Hamas, Hezbollah, all these nations, they see themselves living as oppressed Mm -hmm. There's the oppressors and the oppressed. And you'll see that in everything today, yeah. from government to education. You, people will talk about, I'm oppressed, so I have the right liberation yeah. uh, uh, theology. I have the right to lift my pr- oppressor off of me and be free. Mm-hmm. But what do you have? I want to tell you something interesting that I thought about, uh, about the, the, the alliances, how they'll form. Mm-hmm. There is a there's a representative in the House of Representatives that is one of what they call the squad. Yeah. And she created a big uh, controversy when she put the flag, uh, the Palestinian flag, outside her door. Mm-hmm. Now, this is why we're dealing with... All Recently. This. Yeah, in the last mm-hmm. days. And so, on the other side of that door, she had uh, the, the rainbow flag which represents, I guess, the LGBTQIA+. Okay, I was going to say X, Y, Z. Today, that's what it is today. Yeah, it changes. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, she, if you think about that uh, alliance, mm-hmm. those people in Palestine 
would take those people that that identify in right. those ways, yeah. throw them off a building. Yeah, I saw I saw a TikToker. I don't have TikTok, but I see them when they come over to Facebook. Um, and he was showing these rallies, and it said, and this word is. In your generation, this was a defamatory word. It's not anymore, but it, it said queers for Palestine. Oh, really? And this, this TikToker came on. He said, well, you should keep your support over here because if you go over there, yeah. here's what they're going to do to you. Yeah. And then an interesting, they have the right here yeah. to protest. Right. They yeah. have the right to make their, their way known. So we, we're obviously looking at everything from a biblical worldview, but right. let's say that you're someone who's listening and you don't believe... In the Bible. Yeah. Okay, so then their answer to you is, why does your Bible get to dictate that Israel that Israel belongs to the Jewish people? I think because the Scripture teaches that. I mm-hmm. think throughout that... Um, but do they not also own it on a policy level based on what happened with the United Nations? They, they do, but they also... It's a birthright. It's, mm-hmm. it's a birthright to them. Mm-hmm. And as you, you go through the Old Testament, think about when uh, they were taken into captivity... You can read about uh, from Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and mm-hmm. Isaiah how that um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had took, taken them from the land of Israel and, and they would get in the presence of the king and weep and he'd say, why are you so upset? Well, because my, the walls of my city are broken down. And so he said, well, go back to your land and correct mm-hmm. that. And they did. So um, I'm saying that even other nations throughout time, throughout history, have recognized yeah. that this is the land, uh, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the center of the world. Mm-hmm. All right? yeah. I say the temple of the universe. Yeah. I mean, right there is where everything is happening. Uh, and that's what I was getting at was you and I can say because the Bible says it. Right. I mean, and we believe we built, built our lives on that, but others who see it, and they need to understand it's not just our feeling is why Israel belongs right. to them. Um, so let's talk for a couple minutes about... What is our responsibility as Christians? Christians have a unique responsibility when it comes to Israel that that we don't. Uh, I think we have a we have a sense that we should be praying for everyone in the world, for all the people in the world. However, biblically, there's a mandate on Israel. There is, and the Scripture even tells us that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and, and that if you do, God will look favorably on you. I remember as a you know growing up in the '60s. And uh, early 70s, I guess I was growing up since the 50s. But during that period of my life, um, I can remember how that uh, when guys would get together, they'd tell Jewish jokes. Mm -hmm. And the Jew would always be the one that was uh, pushed down. Mm -hmm. And even uh, I remember there was there were people that worked where I did that they were they were always against the Zionist. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about those who believed that Israel was given was given that land by God, mm-hmm. and and they they just pushed against the concept of that, and then as I when I got saved, I I knew or when I came to Christ as my Savior, I knew that they were us they were people that were chosen by God. He was mm-hmm. he made a covenant with Abraham. He renewed it with. Uh, Isaac, he renewed it with Jacob, he renewed it with David. Mm-hmm. I mean, all throughout the scripture, he it's renewed in through Christ, mm-hmm. and then you go on and on to the apostles. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember people would come to me in those early years of my my personal walk with God, and they would try to tell me a joke, and they'd say, "Did you hear about that?" I said, "Stop! I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to entertain it." Now it's important 
that when the political Israel does wrong, mm-hmm. as Christians, we condemn wrong. Right. But when it comes to the, the, uh, the when people. they are doing right mm-hmm. and the people are God's, so re, you got to remember the church that uh, Israel was a vine mm-hmm. and the church was grafted in. Mm-hmm. So when people say, well, the church is the modern Israel, uh, no, yeah. it's not. It was grafted into the vine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to um, this next question, I'm going to ask you. This is going to be a, this is a hard question. This is a hard question in myself to search, and I want to ask it to you. You are someone. Um, you have a military background, mm-hmm. and I know your your opinions about a lot of things. I know that there are people uh, in our church movement who are pacifist. Mm-hmm. Um, our church movement, actually, in the beginning, we were pacifists. Right. We came from the uh, Quakers. The Quakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were pacifists until somebody went to war, and that changed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was World War One. Yeah. So um, this is a difficult question I'm about to ask. Okay. So when we pray for Israel, we're supposed to be praying for the peace of the peace of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, I think in our minds, we want to pray that Israel wins this war. Well, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a natural thing to people like me. Mm-hmm. Now, I have, I have friends who will disagree with what I'm about to say. But people like me, as a Christian with a military background, mm-hmm. I see it a whole different way. Mm-hmm. I see it from tactical views. I see it from... Uh, from the standpoint of uh, propaganda that's mm-hmm. used in war. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I see it from that standpoint, and I say, yeah, well, I, I want peace to come. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to die necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, we wish goodwill to everybody. We hope for goodwill for everybody. But at the same time, once you've made up your mind who your ally is, mm-hmm. you don't switch in the middle of the stream. One of the things Dr. Brown was talking about was when he's received prayer requests from people who have, uh, their families are going and fighting. Actually, we, um, a friend of my husband, mm-hmm. he had been um, in the Israeli army and had been living here in the States for a long time, and he just gave up work in the States. He's going to go back and fight over yeah. there because that's what he feels like he's supposed to do, which... I think it's incredibly admirable um, to do that. But um, something Dr. Brown was talking about was that they were getting prayer requests from people whose families are fighting with the Israeli armies. And one of the things that they said was that it's so hard because you were talking before that in previous um, altercation, is the conflict, yeah, Mm -hmm. in previous conflict that... Uh, you know, you're attacking military bases. Right. Right. But now we're dealing with, he was saying that, that this army has made choices. They'll put their base in the middle of a hospital. Yeah. Um, or they'll put it somewhere they know their children. In schoolyards, right. So that then they know when the reports come back and they'll be see what they're doing to these mm-hmm. poor children. Um, it makes this, to me, much more complicated how to stand, right? Okay. So... It's maybe someday we'll have a really good juicy conversation about capital punishment and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah. Where those things get very complicated right. because God says, "Thou shalt not kill," but uh-huh. then we see all through that same half of the Bible, uh-huh. God sending His people to fight and yeah. killing tens of thousands of people. 
Um, my argument has always been in, in those accounts is we're talking about people who made themselves enemies of God right. um, because they were worshiping false false gods. They were sacri- they were sacrificing their and children. Are they not worshiping false gods now? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the thought came to me about how they fight the war, how they mm-hmm. just we're going to lift the oppressor off of us, mm-hmm. and and everything that nations of the world try to do to help. Mm-hmm. are rejected because their only estimate, I mean, their only role, their only goal, rather, is the death and destruction of Israel. And and the, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people have said, never again will there be a Holocaust mm-hmm. where they will kill all of us. And this, uh, you know, we we look at the, the use of terror as a tactic, and uh, there, there's something that a lot of people don't think about, and that is that, you know, we think terrorists, we think bombs blowing up, mm-hmm. right? Because that's our mindset. But when you see these rallies at college campuses, mm-hmm. you see them in downtown Nashville. Mm-hmm. There was a rally over the weekend, you know, the Day of Rage or whatever it was called. And and that propaganda was used to, to push even into Western civilization mm-hmm. in, in an effort to destroy us. But the propaganda that's used, those rallies is terrorism as well right it's emotion it's psychological warfare well do you think that uh, as you're talking i can't help but think because you keep using that term of we're the oppressed people let's support the oppressed people do you not think that also ties with and probably why you see queers for palestine uh-huh. is because there is this concerted effort to make everybody the oppressed people right so you understand oppression here they're being oppressed from their what should be their land yeah and it allows people to sort of suspend the reality of you're not gonna you're not gonna have any basis that makes sense of taking women out and raping them and parading them through the streets publicly, no matter which side you're on. Right. Uh, if if Israel were doing that, I would be condemning that right. as well, right? right? Because that that I think aligns with what you're saying about terrorism as well. Uh, killing somebody and terrorism are not the same thing. No, they're not. Um, there there's it's the act of putting fear. It's sort of it's playing. Fear. It's playing with 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 your. Uh, Emotions. Well, yeah, but it's it's playing with your food is the only thing I can think yeah. of because I'm thinking about an animal that does that, right? right? Uh-huh. Um, it's this playing with the victim before you've done what you've done is to me much more sadistic yeah. and demonic than we've dropped a bomb and killed you. Exactly, and and I think that you know there are those among us that you know, you t- asked about our people, mm-hmm. how we feel in our church, where we, mm-hmm. we evolve from pacifists. And there's, there's many today mm-hmm. that still see themselves as pacifists mm-hmm. in our church that I've had these conversations outnumbered at times mm-hmm. uh, when they would say, well, you're just a, you're just a, a Zionist and you just want war and, and or you, you want a, the Vietnamese or whatever. And I'm telling them, you know, you, you guys are off track. You, mm-hmm. If that's the way you believe, then fine. I'm glad you can believe that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the reason that people can sleep well in their beds at night mm-hmm. is because there's people that, like your husband, mm-hmm. works a night shift. Mm-hmm. And while everybody else is sleeping, he's keeping the city safe. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a difference in, in outright going to do harm mm-hmm. and, and the back of it. Um, you know, uh, uh, being caught up in emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and another thing to notice that all the millions of dollars, these people, they had no, their infrastructure was so bad in, a, 
in southern Israel or in Hamas or in Gaza, mm -hmm. the Gaza Strip. They, it was so bad that they didn't they they didn't have adequate water. They didn't have adequate supplies and food and all that. And while they the people are starving in the street, and I'm talking about, but this is humanitarian thought now. Mm -hmm. Their their leaders are multimillionaires yeah. from that money that's supposed to help the people, mm -hmm. and so their leaders are oppressing them. I think, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're oppressing them because they're taking what's supposed to go to the people for themselves. Right. But yet the enemy is the one. This guy that's a multimillionaire mm -hmm. keeps pumping them yeah. to keep fighting which keeps bringing money to him. It's, yeah. it's, it's a rift, yeah. a grift. Which is the, which goes back to what I was saying, there's a lot of conspiracy theories popping up now of how, how are you such a strong fortress, but this, this, and again, I don't understand if I'm about to get into it, but, you know, my question about Palestine is, uh, I guess it's simply just coming down to, to this as we're getting ready to wrap up here. Jesus was from Palestine. <laughs> and and yeah. up until the last 50 years or so, you look a map at a map, and it would say Palestine. Yeah, you know, I think this, or seventy-five years ago. This is where it lands in my head that that does make this complicated, um, and maybe this is just millennial thought coming mm -hmm. out. I do believe we're supposed to support Israel. Right. I do. I believe that. I believe God's word. I believe that's God's chosen people. And something Dr. Brown talked about as well was he said, you know, God had put all these promises on Israel, but Israel has been a rebellion against God because right. they haven't accepted the Messiah. Right. And and so he was saying, yeah, some things um, come on them for the same reason. Exactly. You, you don't do the will of God. Yeah. So, um, but I think I look at the situation. And where I, I sort of, st I hate war. I hate the I concept of war because I hate the thought, I think especially after I've had children, the thought of those um, those children struggling. I think about Henry, um, my yeah. my three-year-old, and he, he said, uh, he'll say, Mama, I hungry, I hungry. Mm. And I look at these pictures of these little babies and I think about that, them yeah. crying in hunger and in pain. And I hate the concept of war, but I hate more the idea of, Letting it get to the point of Holocaust. Right. Letting it get to the point where... On either way. Yeah, nobody does anything and something wicked happens. But it's so hard, especially if we're talking about... We're, we're looking at a, a, an Islamic nation. Then by our faith, we believe those are people bound for hell. Mm -hmm. So then there is the burden and the weeping for those people who are bound for hell yeah. when they die in that war. But now you have to, you have to dichotomize this as well because I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, so our president went to Israel, landed I think this morning or maybe last night, and um, he went, he said that we fully support Israel, 100% we're behind them. He's made gestures of moving military force to mm -hmm. do, to prove that point. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, as, as all of this happens, uh, and he says, our main goal is to get our hostages home. Mm -hmm. Well, did you know there are also uh, Palestinians who are, who are Arab, mm -hmm. as, I guess that's the right way to say it, that are Americans as well, that are mm -hmm. trapped and can't get out mm -hmm. of Gaza or wherever they're at. Yeah. And, and they're wanting to come home, but... Uh, you know, we're having trouble getting our own people home. Mm -hmm. It took us too long, I think. Yeah. But now there's hostages, and no telling how many. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're, they're Israeli American, but if you look at it on a purely political level, mm -hmm. 
our citizens, whether they're Muslim or mm -hmm. Jewish or Christian, mm -hmm. they should be given the right to come to their homeland as right. well. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it goes back to the complexities of, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to get down this rabbit trail that I know would make people very upset. Well, you smiled when you were thinking about it. I was smiling when I was thinking about it because I can't help but think about there are connections. Sometimes the good guys and the bad guys aren't so easy to see on face value. That's right. And so when you look at other conflicts that have taken place in recent years that the U.S. has funded, yeah, and now you have questions about where are their loyalties going to be in this, can we say we're giving full support to this side in this conflict if we actually helped the other side of this conflict six over there? You're going to give them $6 billion for the main backer of terrorists. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, that they're, they're constant. They're, they're making money hand over fist, mm -hmm. you know, from oil sales and all of that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, is, a, it is a crazy world. Mm -hmm. Why would our government fund both sides of the conflict? Yeah. Um, so I think that's when you have to have values and you have to have mm -hmm. stated goals, mm -hmm. stated positions. I, I saw I saw one of the presidential candidates who I kind of like, mm -hmm. but they they did a flip flop in twenty four hours on this on mm -hmm. on these subjects, and I thought I can't trust you, and yeah. so they're out of my mind at all that mm -hmm. I would vote for them. Yeah, well, I think I think where I'm where my mind is headed on that, that trail as we wind this really wind it down now yeah. is that we need to be very careful when we speak that we don't, we don't just look at a collective and we remember there are individuals here. Yeah. Um, something I noted when, I, you know, I was September 11th, I was 15 years old. Living um, in Montana. I think I was a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we went to war after that, and a lot of opinions about that that I'm not going to talk about, but... Yeah, I'll talk about it. We, I'll when save we, it for another one. But when we went to war, there was very much this rise in, some call it patriotism. Yeah. Uh, so others would call it something else. But, um, and suddenly it was like this excitement about war. I noticed that too... Uh, when things were happening with Ukraine and Russia, I saw some some things online that I thought was like very much an excitement building of like, oh, here mm -hmm. comes the war. And it's like, what? Like, you don't understand what war is yeah. if you're excited about it. And you've certainly never yeah. gone to war. Anybody that's ever been don't want it. Right. And so I think we need to be very cautious in the way that we speak about right. this. We do want to be supportive. I do believe it's biblical to be supportive of Israel. And I think you can look at this... Um, and just like I said, when, when you're talking about the, the tactics they're using, there's nothing okay about, about what's happening um, there. But we do need to be mindful and careful, and especially in social media, we need to always remember it's not just the people in our mind when we type something who are seeing that. Yeah. And so if you, you may have people who are looking at your page who are of the Islamic faith. Right. And we want to be careful that when we show support for the one that we are still understanding, we need to have a heart not just for Israel. Mm -hmm. We need to have a heart for uh, the people who need to be converted on the other side of this. We need to have a heart for the for the Jewish people who, sorry, but a lot of them are headed for hell because yeah. they've not accepted the Messiah either. Right. And and that's, that's it's complex. So wouldn't it, wouldn't it, what brings the complexity into simplicity mm -hmm. is when you pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, mm -hmm. 
thy kingdom come, mm -hmm. thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So we have to stay focused on the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And that's where I have a struggle. Mm -hmm. I'd admit it to anybody that asks because I'm a very patriotic mm -hmm. American. I, uh, I served my country in the military mm -hmm. during a time of conflict. And, um, and because of that, I do have my opinions. I do have my political views. And so I've been told, I've, been, I've only had one time I've ever been really rebuked uh, was because I was patriotic. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that, uh, I believe that uh, some people call it, I don't believe what's called manifest destiny, but, but I do believe that God is using America mm -hmm. in a role to support Israel right mm -hmm. now. And, and any way you look at it, my loyalties are to Christ first. Right. But then I am patriotic, mm -hmm. and I'm loyal to my nation as well, mm -hmm. just like other people are in their nations. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, the people listening, if they don't know, my, my husband uh, comes from, a on one side, a Korean um, background. His family were originally in North Korea. Right. And they made their way to the South, which North and South Korea are two totally different worlds if yeah. you ever want to see the effects of communism and, yeah. and all of that you you can you can see it between those two and uh so he is a he's they call them a third culture kids right it's a a kid who's growing up in a culture that the house culture their household culture is not that of the world that they're growing up in mm -hmm. um but he is one of the most patriotic people you could imagine right. of course his dad was in the military right his mother was korean um but because he understands that he's been around the world and he understands how amazing it is that we are in a country where we do have the freedom to, for the most part, at least for now, Even say what we want to say. Outside, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you are yeah. uh, allowed expression mm -hmm. of faith, of your beliefs. You can, you can argue anything you want. Mm -hmm. And you can protest as long as it's peaceful yeah. protest. He's a, he is a police officer. And um, it is amazing to me the things that people say to him and do to him. Mm -hmm. And... And when I ask him about it, he's like, that's their right. I'm here to protect their rights. Yeah. That's what, what we do. And, and uh, their constitutional rights are more important than police officers' rights, which in my mind is just crazy. But he believes in that. I mean, he right. strongly believes in that. And we are very blessed to, to live where we are. Uh, but like you said, we always have to remember we're a citizen of heaven first right. uh, before anything else. I just want to give that, that last statement of be mindful when you talk to have the mind of Christ, which is for the entire world. Right. He came for the entire world, not just us, not just America, and not just for Israel, but he came for the whole world, and let's always remember that. Well, go ahead and preach. Well, I think you're on the subject now. <laughs> I think maybe it would be good. Could we close? Could you pray sure. as we close and say a prayer for, uh, for Israel and, and for what's going on in this conflict? Sure. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name and thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you love us so much you never take your eyes off of us. I pray, Lord, today for our current state of affairs in our world. I pray, Lord, that, that this conflict is going to cause heartache and, and, and already has. I pray for those, Lord, that are on both sides of the conflict, that they might know Jesus, that they might come into a relationship with him. I pray, Father, as you taught, as Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and I pray, Lord, that you would cause all men, that if we would lift you up, you would cause all men to come unto you. So keep your hand on everyone, Lord.
Touch our leaders, I pray, that give them courage and wisdom. And I ask you, Lord, to touch the church that we might be a shining city on a hill. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for Advice to the Young Preacher. I'm Pastor Lindsay Schreiber here with Bishop Dr. E.C. McKinley. I always mix up which one comes first. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe to this channel and come back with us again next week. God bless you.